like fatherhood, right? Hey, give it one more time for all the dads in the room. Um, I wear this shirt today that says best dad ever, not because I think that I'm the best dad ever, but because my daughter bought it for me. And so I didn't really have an option. She thinks I'm the best dad ever. So I was like, hey, I'll, I'll sport it for all the dads to get some cool merch um, at Target. <laughs> but uh, no, we, uh, this morning I woke up with my daughter, Cooper, she made me uh, this card. She's very creative, okay? She uh, cut some aluminum foil and she made a book, like a little card out of it. And it said, Dad, I love you to the moon and back. As I opened it, that's what it said. It had all this stuff on it. Then she built me a rocket out of a toilet paper roll. Uh, had like all kinds of little designs on it. Even looked like her. I should have brought it with me today just to show how crazy cool it was. Because she's like, Dad, don't look. I'm making you something really cool. And I was like, awesome. And then when I saw it, it is really cool. I know that most people think, well, it's just a toilet paper roll. But it's not to me. She said, Dad, will you keep this for forever? And I was like, man, that's really really tough ask, but I will do everything in my power to keep that for forever. But I I love being a dad. And so today I just want to talk on fatherhood. If you aren't a dad, I hope that what I have to say uh, actually resonates with you. If you are a single mom, if you are uh, a guy who is not a dad yet, but one day will be. I don't believe that we come to church and just hear sermons that are specific to a person, but that as the Bible comes alive in our hearts, that it actually changes things in us that, so that when we become ready to be fathers, we are prepared now. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Today may be a little bit brutally honest at times because I just believe that that's how it should be when it comes to, to dads. I, I, I will be blatantly honest with some things that I have to say. I feel like God is, has really... Uh, positioned me and put me in a place to where fatherhood matters. I grew up in a home uh, that uh, that my dad led our home. I I married uh, my wife. Her dad is the leader of their home. They we have marriages on both sides of our family that have not been through divorce, have not experienced those things, and so I used to think God, um, I have not sinned enough or I don't have enough a really cool story to tell. People, and here's what I realized that the older I got is that we came from homes that men led, that women led, and that our goal is to, and our job is to lead people on what it looks like to live godly lives, for husbands to take their rightful place as leaders, for wives to come alongside and lead with them and to love people and to honor. And so today, I'm going to do my best to do that. You with me? Good. As long as we are awake. Um, if you have a Bible, uh, we'll be in 1 Kings. The Bible is split up into two sections. There's a New Testament and an Old Testament. The Old Testament um, tells us about Jewish people and the stories of the Jewish people, how they wandered uh, in the wilderness for 40 years. There's the stories of David and Goliath and all the things that we see. The New Testament is the stories of Jesus and how he came, he died, he resurrected, how the church began, how it grew from Rome all the way to America and all the things that we see. But we're gonna find ourselves in the Old Testament in a book called 1 Kings. Now, 1 Kings um, is about kings, if you're wondering, okay? Uh, It's about guys who lead. And so this is what it says, 1 Kings chapter two. And 
This is David telling his son Solomon. He's giving him his dying wishes. And this is what he says. He says, as time approached for David to die, he ordered his son Solomon. And this is what he says to him. He says, as for me, I'm going the way of all the earth. And this is what he says to his son, okay? I love this. He doesn't mess around. He doesn't tiptoe around it. He gets right to the point. I'm dying, and here's what you need to know. He says, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. strong. He looks at his son, and he says, be strong, and be a man. Like, I love the Bible because uh, I don't think we talk like this anymore, but that's like something my dad would say to me. Like, be strong, be a man. Like, suck it up. Put your big boy pants on. Do what you got to do, right? So he says, and keep your obligation to whom? To the Lord. So be strong, be a man, and keep your obligation, not to anybody else, but the Lord. Your God, he says, keep it strong to the Lord your God to walk in his ways. Everybody say walk in his ways. Guys, your job, walk in the ways of the Lord. He goes and it says, keeping his statutes, his commands, his ordinances and his decrees. This is written in the law of Moses so that you will have success in everything you do and wherever you turn. And so that the Lord will fulfill his promise that he made to me. So God made a promise to David. Said, you're going you're gonna to have this land. You're going to be the king. You're going to be the man. And he made this promise, and David now passes this promise on to his son. He says, if your sons guard their way to walk faithfully before me with all their heart and all their soul, you will never fail. Everybody say, never fail. You will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Let's pray one more time. God, thank you for the Bible. Thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it moves and stirs our spirits and our souls. God, we thank you so much for fathers. We thank you so much for not just our earthly fathers, but for spiritual fathers who have guided us and directed us along the way. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're writing things down, I want you to write this point down. And this can be for anybody, but this is This is just real talk. This is what I want you to write down. It's not about the life you're living. It's about the legacy you're leaving. All right? It's not about the life you're living. It's about the legacy you're leaving. I just wanted to share a few things about my dad. I I I wasn't going to put some pictures up of my dad, but uh, one of the things that I was I, I grew up with was my father left me a lot of things, not monetarily, but he left me a lot of things spiritually. He, he taught me what it, what it meant to be a leader. He taught me what it meant to be a father. He, he was always there. He was a, a loving, caring husband, a loving, caring dad. He was uh, kind of rough around the edges, drafted into the army. Uh, he loved people. He did all these things. And sometimes he failed. Anybody ever failed as a parent? Anybody ever felt like your parents failed? Guess what? We all do, all right? Uh, one time when Xbox first came out with their little uh, deal that you could play and it would watch you. I don't even know what it is now because I'm old. Uh, but you could, you could play these games and you could jump and you could do all this stuff and you could plug holes. And it was all these things. 
And Cooper was about one and a half. And she's walking around and she's like, hey, and I'm stupid and I'm crazy because I'm a dad and I do random dumb dad things. And so one time I was like, yes. And I jumped and I punched just to, cause it was gonna take a picture of me and I wanted my picture to be on our Xbox, right? And so she comes walking by and I almost kicked her. And Amanda was like, you're gonna kick our daughter. And I was like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. She walked around and I was like, oh, I'm good. The next time it goes to take a picture of me, I'm gonna do something really crazy in the living room. We're at our in-laws house, okay? At my, at my wife's mom and dad's house. And it comes this time and I do this. I get ready, I know the picture's coming and I go and I, I jump. And when I jump to do this, when I jump to do this, Cooper walks right in front of me and I went, boom, right in the chin. Right in the chin. The first thing that Coop that hit was Cooper's head. And like, she hit the ground and I was like, oh no, what do we do? I just punched my child in the face with a remote control in my hand. Is she alive? It happened so fast that I was like, this is what my wife's, in case you're wondering what emergencies look like at my house. Amanda's sitting on the couch. She sticks her fingers in her ears, closes her eyes, and just does this. Because she doesn't want to hear her child screaming. And I'm upset because I punched my child in the face. She's laying on the ground. I'm laying over her like I UFC'd her to the ground. And I was like, what do I do? I pick her up. She's like, it happened so fast. She didn't know what happened, but it was so loud. And I was so thankful she didn't know that I did it because it happened so fast. And so naturally as a parent, what I did was I didn't get mad at Cooper and I got mad at the Xbox. And so I was like, this stupid game. And I walked over and I ejected it and I wanted to break the disc like it was the game's fault, you know? Because I like to blame all my issues on other people and so, or on other devices. And I was, I was, it was a moment as a parent where I was like, what just happened? It was silence in the room. Nobody offered help. Nobody offered me like, oh, it's gonna be okay, dad. I'm sorry that you made a stupid mistake because you're a father who likes to think that they're cool. Nobody did anything. It was all about Cooper and it should have been. Luckily, no broken jaw, no black, I don't know how, it was by the grace of God that I wasn't like in trouble by the police, okay? It was a moment where I was like, whoa, happened fast. And as parents, we make mistakes. And I wanted to show you some pictures of some dads who do really funny things with their kids, okay? So check this out. The first picture that we have on the screen is this, all right? This guy right here. When your baby cries for your wife and creativity is all you got, all right? He put a face of his wife on himself, all right? I love memes. I think that's classic. And now the baby can see the mom. Let's go to the next one. Uh, This is awesome. This is a dad just making sure his plunger is actually going to plunge his toilet. But instead, it gave his kid a big hickey on the back. And so let's go to the next one. I love dad stuff. This is classic. He's using his child as a plate, like as a, as a, a table. I mean, he's got his plate. And every mom in here is like, oh, no, he didn't. Like, that child is passed out. I'm hoping that's not ice cream that he's going to drop and wake the child up because of cold things dropping on them. All right, next one. Uh, (laughs) That's a zip tie in case anybody is wondering. This is me trying to fix my child's hair. She'll be like, Dad, can you fix my hair? We are to the point where she doesn't even ask. If she wakes up and mom is not around, we we go out. 
And mom is like, why do you let her go out of the house like that? And I'm like, because when I touch your hair, it gets even worse. There's knots. There's things that happen that I don't know how it happened. I can't figure it out. I promise I did not tie her hair in a knot. Like it, that's a zip tie, and that's dad's best way of figuring out how to make a ponytail. Next one. This guy's got his, that's actually a Nintendo 64 controller, I think. And uh, that's, like, that's like legit Smash Brothers right there back in the day. And so he's got it resting on his chin. And dads will do anything to be creative when they need to be creative. So, so moms, I'll be, I'm going to give you a clue. Like when you think that he doesn't know how to come up with anything new, just let him, just let him stay with the child for a little while. He'll figure it out because he's got to be creative. The next one. Um, I don't even know what happened. This child is not even, he's on his tablet. Child's on the floor way over there. Not even. Uh, uh, one time we had Cooper in this little deal that went back and forth. It was kind of floor level and we didn't buckle her in because we were like, oh, surely nothing could happen. You know, you learn with your first child. And, and we're talking back and forth and we look over and the thing has like slid her onto the ground face first. And she can't crawl, so she's basically eating like wood floor, probably licking it, and like this child is on its back at least. But literally, this is, this is me. This is fatherhood at its best. And then this one is a classic. I love this one. <laughs> when you're bored, make sure your son's got a six-pack and a beard. That's Jason Statham's child right there. Solid. Solid. I believe this is the last one that I, I think is funny as well. Um, that's actually, <laughs> uh, you can't go wrong with dads doing crazy stuff with children just to be creative, okay? That is, that is how accurate is that? That's amazing. I, I can't help but laugh every time I see those things. You know, when, when I graduated high school, uh, I went to a smaller high school um, in Arkansas, and we were able to do things in a small school that people who graduate from big schools probably couldn't do. And so we were able to, like, take a rose to our mom. And um, so after uh, there was a part in our graduation where I got to walk over and take a rose from my mom, and I handed it to her. And, and mom's her mom, and she's crying, and she's upset. And my, hey, my baby's going to leave the house. And, and my, dad, my dad looked at me. And he, <laughs> uh, he looked at me, and he said, man. I am so glad you are leaving my house. <laughs> I'm so glad you're going to be out of here. You're 18. You, you, this is it. Like, when you get on your own, call me if you need something bad. But I've done everything I can right now to help you grow up and be an adult. That's just the dad that I had. Now, your parenting skills it may not be like my dad's. It may not even be like your own parents. One time, we woke up, and we said, let's go to Chick-fil-A for breakfast. Cooper had put her clothes on over her pajamas. I did not know this. And so she did it as something that she thought was going to be funny. So we went to Chick-fil-A in the morning. or You know, Chick-fil-A is like a pretty busy place in the morning. It's like, yeah, it's so cool. We're in line. And I go to order, and I turn around and look, and she's doing this. taking a, She has her pajamas on standing in line. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you taking off clothes in Chick-fil-A? I just thought it would be funny just to wear my pajamas, put clothes on over the top of them because I'm a child. 
Just things like this happen in parenting. You don't know why, you don't know how, why, why are you standing in the Chick-fil-A line in pajamas? And why did you think it was cool to put your clothes on over the top of them? I should have noticed she probably looked like the Michelin guy. Like I should have noticed what was, was happening, but I didn't because sometimes dads, we're oblivious to what's happening right in front of us. One time, my dad took $5 out of his wallet at a basketball game and told the ref that he would pay him to make a good call. I'm a pastor's kid. Dad, you can't. Like, we're getting ejected if you keep doing that kind of stuff. I see it in the, we don't live in a big community. You can't. That's going in the paper you keep doing that kind of stuff. He's, I will pay you to make a good, he's not, he's not sitting in the stands. He's standing by the baseline like he's a part of the game. And he's tra- telling the ref, I'll pay you to do something right. And I'm like, I'm playing and I'm looking, I'm like, this is fatherhood. When you're passionate about your kids and their life and you want to see what's best for them, you do crazy and amazing things because it's not about the life you're living It's about the legacy you're leaving. And these things have stuck with me. These things that my child gets to experience as I coached her YMCA basketball team this year. These are things that have happened. And I I will forever remember all the things that my dad left behind. So my dad's in heaven now. And I sat back on days like today, and I, I was thinking, man, if my dad were here, he would be here, not me. I'd be honoring my father by letting him preach to the church that I planted. That my dad, that I'm an answered prayer to my father's prayers. That those legacies are being handed down. My parents were taking all precautionary measures to not have another child. My closest sibling to me is 10 years older than me. My mom went to the doctor and they said, you're pregnant. And she said, what? I'm not supposed to be here by all accounts. But because of the fervent prayer of a righteous man We get to stand in front of people today and declare what it looks like to be a man. The truth is, is this, is that right now in our society, we are living in a time of fatherlessness. Amen? Never have we seen it like this, where fathers are absent, where fathers are, are a part where fathers are not just uh, where fathers are even present, but they're absent. They may be present in their child's life. They may be at their events, but they're absent here doing this, working on emails, making sure that they're leaving a legacy that matters for their kids. Zig Ziglar says that we will never solve the crime problem in America until we solve the problem of fathers not living and training their sons and their daughters. 
Did you know that according to 72% of the U.S. population, fatherlessness is the most significant family or social problem facing America today? Fatherlessness is linked to higher rates of poverty, higher rates of failure in school, teen pregnancy, substance abuse, violent crimes, depression, and ultimately a loss of hope. It's all linked to fatherlessness. You see, David understood what it was like to leave something for his son. He understood what was most important was not that people chanted that that Saul slayed his thousands and that David slayed his ten thousands, not that people chanted the name of David because he killed Goliath, not that people saw that or knew that David had, had fought a bear with his bare hands, not that people, he knew that what was most important was that his sons aligned themselves with God. And as a father, even as a mother, the most important, you can, most important thing you can do for your children is align them with Jesus. Amen? It's, it's the most important thing we can do is to say, you know what? I'm going to align my child with Jesus. Recently, a couple days ago, Cooper has been telling me, Dad, I want a real Bible. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but cool. Like, she has had a Bible that's like a thin line, and it has, it's, a, it's a story Bible. She's like, no, I want a real one with the words in it. Like, I'm like, cool. So we're doing something right in City Kids. Good job. Um, but like, she's like, I want a real Bible. So we got online, and we started shopping uh, on Amazon, and she found the one she wanted, and we ordered it. And she like, when is it going to be here? Uh, it says in like two days. I can look at the shipping. It'll be here in a day. Um, advanced shipping, you know, prime Amazon membership. Let's go, right? And she is like, when's it going to be here? When's it? The day that it's supposed to arrive, she wakes up that morning. Is it here yet? And I'm like, it's 7 a.m. Like, give the people a chance to get in their van. Like, chill out. (laughs) All day, we're traveling around. You think my Bible's at the house? I don't know. I will look it up. Hey, we, we finally get home that evening and I said, hey, let's see if your Bible's here because I can track it on Amazon and it, I knew it had arrived. And, I, and she took off running through the house. I took off running around the house because I'm a child, okay? Don't, I'm competitive. I wanted to beat her to her own Bible. So I run, she runs. She goes, she's like, it's here. And it, it was like Christmas all over again. I was like, oh, it's a Bible. And, and she opens it up and she's like, oh, this is so cool. And she goes, dad, I wanna, <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna highlight my favorite verses. And I was like, what are your favorite verses? This is a parenting failure. I did not know that my child had favorite verses already in the Bible. She's eight. And she said, John 3, 16. And I was like, what's it say? Because I'm also going to be the pastor in the moment, all right? What's John 3, 16 say? And she just quotes the whole thing. I was like, oh, cool. (laughs) There you go, kid. Yeah. She's like, can I highlight it? Sure. So we sat down and she's like, highlighting the Bible. And she, I put my Bible next to hers. And she goes, can I do that? And I was like, do what? She's like, I need a pen. I want to underline this too. So she underlines and she goes, I'm learning about the fruits of the spirit in City Kids. And I said, let's go. Like City Kids is knocking it out of the park. If you got a kid, you better get them in there. 
City kids, she's like, I want to know the fruits of the Spirit. And so this morning, she learned all the fruits of the Spirit. Her grandma said, oh, this is my favorite Bible. She's like, I want to highlight grandma's favorite Bible verse. It's like, she's highlighting that. She packed her Bible in her backpack this morning to bring to church. I say all that to not say that my child is good because I know by nature that we are not good. I say all that to say this. You know that in my house, I oftentimes, I have a live Bible out in my house all the time. Not, not a phone one, but a real one. Um, and sometimes I put it places open, even if I'm not reading it. It'll just be open on a table. And I do that intentionally. You want to know why? Because I want my kid to see that I value something that is super important to me. Because it's not about the life I'm living, it's about the legacy I'm leaving. And I want her to know, like, this is crucial to living. This is crucial to what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so I want to share just a couple of things about this. Three dad truths, okay? Three dad truths that I believe came from this particular scripture. Number one is this. Uh, David tells Solomon, he says, be strong. So if you're a dad in here, or you're not a dad, if you're going to be one day a dad, or if you're, it does not matter. I want everybody to understand this. Be strong. Everybody say, be strong. strong. It's important. It's so important that we are strong. Dads, I can't express to you enough how your kids need to view you as a strong individual. Somebody who can handle life. Somebody who that when something comes their way, they're not shaken by it. Somebody that when they see their father, that they think, man, my dad's stronger than your dad. You ever been in that conversation? My dad's, my dad can do this. And the other kid's like, well, my dad, and if my kid ever says, my dad can work on a car, we know she's lying, okay? <laughs> but it, it, my dad can do this and my dad can do that. I don't mean like being a dad, you've got to be like a dad that lifts weights and looks good with their shirt off. I don't mean that we need somebody who can bench press 350. I don't mean any of that. I mean, we need a dad who's solid in his life. We need a dad, we need dads who have strong foundations. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, okay, it says, be steadfast, immovable, Always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is in vain. Like, be steadfast, fathers, young men, women, children, be steadfast, be immovable. Be people who have strong foundations, not shaky ones. Number two, keep the trust of God. You see, we need fathers who are unashamed about their faith and aren't hiding it and only showing it on Sunday morning. We need fathers who are like, yo, like, yeah, I'm okay with my kid showing up with a Bible and telling her friends about the scriptures she learns because I'm unashamed about that. Like, we need parents who are unashamed. We need parents who are training, equipping, and teaching their kids about what it looks like to live their faith out loud. I have daily declarations that I make to myself every day. And one of them is this. I will teach, equip, train, and empower my kids to do more for the kingdom than they can ever dream or imagine. Every day that's said to myself, 
which means that every day I have a responsibility to teach, equip, train, and empower my kids. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of it, not some of it, all of it. And then it says, don't lean on your own understanding and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I think that one of our biggest problems in our society is that we're trusting the words of other people. We're trusting what parenting looks like from our teachers, from our professors, from our doctors. And here's the reality. I think that you should learn from everybody. But you cannot, and we must not, we must not allow ourselves to get to the point where we are not trusting in God. You trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. The third thing, the third dad truth is that God's truth should be established in our hearts. Dads, moms, if you're, all of you, listen, listen to me. God's word needs to be established right here. Which means that you need to be able to recall scripture when you're in a situation. Which means that scripture is not something that we actually read. Scripture is something that we actually live. Scripture is not something like, oh, that's a cool verse. No, no, this is, this is living out the scriptures. David would tell Solomon, hey, these three things matter. If you will follow the ways of God that he establishes in your hearts, your children will have good lives. Your children's children will have great lives. Dads, moms, everybody, your kids need to see you reading the Bible. They do. They need to know that it is established in your heart. Psalm 119.11 says, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. I've treasured your word in my heart. We cannot continue to live in our society and allow our Bibles to collect dust on our shelves. We cannot continue to lead homes and allow it just to go by the wayside and not lead our families to church. We cannot expect different results with the way we live our lives when we're not willing to put in the results of what it looks like to actually follow Jesus. And we cannot expect our kids, and, and hear me out, I'm not saying that every kid that goes to church, prays their prayers at nights, winds up doing what they're supposed to be doing, okay? Let's just be honest. I have siblings, and I was a child once. Some people would argue with that now. But I'm just telling you, there are things that I don't sway from in my life because I have a foundation. I have a dad truth that says that God's word should be established in my heart. When my dad who passed away, I think it was eight years ago, he was laying in a hospital bed. And I asked him a question. I said, Dad, if there was one thing that you could do different with your life, what would it be? You know what my dad told me? He's laying in a hospital bed, and his, again, he always had this vibrato of a voice that was deep and real manly. And he said, um, 
He looked at me and he said, I wish that I could have given you kids more. What do you mean, Dad? Like, what do you mean more? I, I just wish I could have given more. And I'm like, Dad, we had clothes, food. We had family. We had all these things. We had everything that we needed to survive and to live and live great lives. And then he looked at me and he said this. He said something so profound. He said, he said, I want you to understand this, son. He said, exceed your limitations and don't fall short of your expectations. And I write it down. It's in Bibles. It's in books. It's in all these things because my, my dad said, listen, let nothing limit you. Set high expectations. And I live by that. That's, it's, it's, it's in our house. My daughter sometimes reminds me of all the things that I say from my dad that I wish I should be, that I should be living out in those moments. It's just a statement we live by. So there are two things that I want you to know as we get ready to wrap up um, as fathers. Number one is this. You need to know the difference between a heritage and a legacy. A heritage is what is handed to you by your fathers. We don't have any control over what is handed to us. Amen? You don't have any control of that. You don't have control over who your father is. You don't have control over your DNA. You don't have control over these things. A heritage is something that we inherit. A legacy is what you leave with somebody. And there is a difference. There's a difference about what it looks like to leave something for somebody. So when it comes to heritage, we have no choice. And when it comes to legacy, we do. When it comes to what we're leaving for our kids and our, our children and our grandkids, it's important. We need to work towards not just leaving a heritage, but leaving a legacy for our kids. The second thing is this, dad's soon-to-be dads, moms, fathers, brothers, to anybody, I want you to understand this. Protect your identity. Did you know that identity theft is one of the number one crimes today in the U.S.? A recent study said that it took over 10 million victims in one year. Every day, People are preyed on, violated, while people are stealing their personal identification. And can I say that today, spiritually, we're in the exact same battle. John 10.10 says that there is an enemy out there who wants to seek and kill and destroy your life. But I love the backside of John 10, 10. It says that Christ came not to just give you life, but to give you life more abundant, a good life, a great life, a life that is wonderful. And yes, that may be difficult, but you need to protect your identity. It is not about who you are. It's about whose you are. Fathers, you're not just fathers. 
not just fathers, your sons, your leaders, your people of purpose, your people who God has called to do great things with your life. Jesus himself was validated by his father. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Fathers, please validate your children. Validate people around you. Be pleased with them. Love them. Care for them. Honor them. Cherish them. Work with them. Help them with homework. Help them with sports. Validate their good things that they do. And when they mess up, please validate them some more because they're going to mess up. Right? Come on. Like, there are people in our society who have never been validated. And if that's you, I want to apologize. Today, we will validate you as a church. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are valued. You are God's. You should live with purpose. You should take action with the way you live your life. God has called you to more than just taking up a seat in a local church. He's called you to leave a legacy for your children. He's called you to leave a legacy for your family. And it has nothing to do with who you are. It has everything to do with whose you are. See, the generation that's coming after you needs to be standing on your shoulders. When I go to a concert or somewhere that my child can't see, what do I do? I put her on my shoulders. You know why I do that? So that she can see better than I can. And as parents, as people who will eventually have children, as people who are leaders, the people coming after you need to know that their seat is better than yours. They need to see more than you can see. They need to dream more than you can dream. They need to know that their parents and their fathers are there. Every time we go somewhere and Cooper can't see, I don't care if I see anything as long as she sees. Mm. As a father, there's nothing more pleasing than when she gets off my shoulders and she says, thanks, Dad. I'm so glad I got to see. That was really cool. And I say, I'm so glad I got to provide that moment for you. Because it's not about the life we're living. It's about the legacy we're leaving.